Okay, okay, okay. We are recording from the microphones into the thing this time. We don't have our headphones. I know. I mean, we, I can I can get them. I'm pretty sure. We, I'm, I think I know where the third pair is. There's a third pair? Yeah. We oh, love you. Yeah, we all three of us can have headphones. We don't have to. I mean, obviously, we can hear each other. Yeah, I, don't, but I don't like the headphones. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another week here at a new table. Yes. In a new room. Brand new room. In the same house. <laughs> same location. About 30 feet away from where we normally record. This is All Things Reconsidered. I am Brandon. That is Joey. What's up? And joining us this week, it's Cole. Yes, this is our this is our friend and our pastor, Cole. And uh, he's with us today to go over some uh, things that... Uh, some of his thoughts on the deconstruction movements. Yeah. And... You know. We are really happy to explain to us why it's the uh, doctrine of demons and (laughs) all those other things. Yeah, (laughs) that's what you came to do, right? That's exactly what I've (laughs) done. All of you people who are out there deconstructing, you just need to quit. (laughs) Just stop. In fact, start by turning off this episode. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) that that is step one. uh, Please please don't. That's going to hurt our. uh, our Yeah. Just Analytics. mute the episode, but keep it going in the background. So yeah, you're not a, listening to it, but we can still get the view time. On an endless loop, please. That would really yeah, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> N.T. Wright wrote a book. He called it uh, Paul with Fresh Perspective. Uh, this is just a pastor with fresh perspective on deconstruction. There we go. We're here so, for it. We are here so. for it. Now, uh, for anyone who is wondering, you're probably thinking, hey, didn't you have a pastor on before? And wasn't that a totally different guy? Yes, that is. he's also still our pastor, but so is Cole. Uh, and so uh, we now have both of the yes. pastors from our church on. Uh, so that's awesome. I'm pumped. Well, uh, Cole, it's a pleasure having you on today. Well, I'm glad to be here. Now, you and Joey have something in common. For a long time, there wasn't much. Now there are two things that you guys have in common. One, we finally broke Joey down, and he has switched over to Apple. Thank it's God. true. You guys broke me down, and now you're slowly rebuilding me Thank in your image. God. Thank God. Thank God. So that, God. It's like the Potter imagery where like yeah. he like smushes the clay down and then reforms into what he wants. If you have an Android out there, <laughs> if you're watching today and you have an Android, look at the camera. Stop this. Okay. <laughs> Stop this. Okay. Hey, hey, listen, I, I will say I had Android for years and I, they're just different tools for different opportunities. I'm not getting into the tribalistic Apple versus Android it's okay. anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. You're right. If you have I, an Android, you are a tool. I said it. <laughs> oh. Look, I just switched from... He's a host on the podcast. I'm just a visitor. I, I just switched from a Galaxy to an iPhone. And I will say... My screen resolution is I did noticeably take a cut. Like that's just a fact. The screen resolution on my old phone was better. His also the camera it, was it, better. It also it also on his new phone what he's noticed is is when he takes a picture it doesn't look like a cartoon draw. <laughs> <laughs> so he has noticed that. It, it, okay, the motion blur is not as bad. That's true. Right. Um but the the best thing about it is just getting to be a part of iMessage. That's right. Yeah. Immediately when my wife got her iPhone Brandon over here, you added her to a, a chat group for Harry Potter fans. Yeah. And that, that was awesome. And then when I got mine, I was added to a chat group for Marvel. Yeah. And that's been a lot of fun. See? And speaking of Marvel, both Joey and Cole had not watched a maybe one or two Marvel films pre-2021. I had not watched you, any. You hadn't seen any? Nope. And you had seen what, like the first Iron Man? I movie? saw the first Iron Man, and I saw the Guardians of the Galaxy because my friend was really into it, and wanted to show me. So I saw that. Um, of course, I had no idea how it fit into any sort of timeline, right? But uh, yeah, and this both year, of both. them, <laughs> this year alone, have watched through the in, 
entire MCU saga. Cole multiple times. Well, it's 2022, and so last year and the year before last is when I took my journey. But um, I have watched through the MCU um, several times now. It's it's a a real thing. It's it's, it's a problem. There's so much... I could get into the MCU. I could I could take every movie from the MCU and I could put it together and we could do a whole twenty eight week sermon series <laughs> if we needed to. We do, you know, like how churches they'll do like at the movies. It's I like, hate that. It's, it's going to be, be half okay a year long. The, it's it, at the movies. We have a half a year long series of at the movies and we're just showing clips of Marvel exclusively. Films. Yeah. You know what's films. funny is I drove past a, a church the other day when I was on my way to my hometown for Christmas and they had a big advertisement for at the movie series mm-hmm. and I cringed and I rolled my eyes. I was like, that's so lame, but you know what? If you did that with Marvel specifically, not so lame. the churches, I, I, I would be okay with that. The churches <laughs> that the churches that do the, at the movie series and do it well, like it is so good. Like <laughs> it is so good. The, the churches that, um, like I know of a couple pastors here, uh, locally in Knoxville in town, like they have the manpower to take time at their churches to edit the videos, make clear right. cuts, yeah. you know, pull pull film and and stuff, and uh, they make it they make it epic. And yeah. it's and it's cool, and it's like it's like a Marvel experience. Well, I mean, I'm I'm down for that. Those I, things like when it's not great, when it's not there's great, no like there's no in between, right? Of fantastic and terrible. Well, yeah. that's how it's, all church productions are. Yeah. I mean, you're working with a, a team of unpaid teenagers half yeah. the time. You're working with <laughs> people true. who, who uh, you know, it's like, haven't uh, gone to any schooling. And it, It's like, well, who are we going to get to shoot this video? It's like, well, Jimmy has an iPhone, so call him. <laughs> yeah. It's like, the, the people that I'm talking about, like the At The Movie series that I have been to, it's like a full-blown experience. Mm. So the pastor never gets up and preaches. Oh. It's, it's literally a... It's like you it's go like going in, to the movie. It's like going to the movie, and there's popcorn and there's coke, wow. and you have a pastor on a screen, and yeah, he'll come out and host at the end right. and say thank you for coming. But it's like it starts out with like they get up, they all open their coke together, which is the most satisfying sound in the I entire mean. world. <laughs> just, just a like it's collective like, like thousand. <laughs> yes, yeah, oh, and God. it's it's just so satisfying. Anyways, the. <laughs> The, in a world yeah. where God is trying to redeem man. That's right. That's <laughs> a, yeah, that's a, that's it's, it's it's I, it's cool when it's done right. Yeah. As long as it's not any sort of feel of like the Kendrick brothers. If it starts to feel any bit like Kendrick brothers, I cannot I, I, I just can't do it. I don't know those people. I don't know the those Kendrick people. brothers are the directors who do like Facing the Giants okay, gotcha. and and, no. and Fireproof and oh, yeah. no, 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 you no. know, uh, the, you know that guy. No, right. No, now, those movies those movies are trash. I mean, yeah. we can be honest. <laughs> like, Those are films of a generation. They the, are terrible. The only the, reason they didn't win any Oscars is because Hollywood is against God. <laughs> yeah. Right? Hollywood. Dude, when the when the lineman in Facing the Giants crawls the entire field and he was only required, to, only required to crawl 10 yards, like, that's a big deal. It, <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's... it's that's in, borderline abuse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that would have been incredibly difficult. But also, that, that movie is terrible. But uh, can we talk about for a second? Team, are you kidding me? He should also know approximately how far ten yards. Yeah, is. <laughs> right. It's like my like, my gauge of yardage that has been totally like we've 
yeah, we're done with that. He's a senior in high school. <laughs> he has a blindfold on. It's he like, should still have a general idea of, it's like, I've gone 10 yards by now. It's like, I've been crawling 10 yards. All right, never mind. I have been not crawling 10 yards, and I've been crawling in place. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I haven't it's like been have moving. I not been moving? The earth stops, stops spinning, and I'm not moved. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, how about the fact that the whole part of the movie centers around like a revival happening in the school, and yet that's, that's not about. even like the climax or like the big deal of the movie. That's, that's just like a thing that you get <laughs> to the football victory. Yeah. It's like the main point is still we won football. Revival, right. oh, that was just a fun little thing that happened. Yeah. Don't, worry. Don't worry about that. Don't worry. Worry about revival. Right. Listen, God, you know, God came and like redeemed our school. People got saved. Whatever. We won the championship. Okay. Yeah. We won the that state was God's. The whole point of salvation is to be better at sports. It's for yeah. victory. That's how you know I'm not saved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I will never so speaking of that, I I remember I used to, you know, I was in youth bands and whatnot growing up. And youth we would go band. do competitions. And you'd always pray like, God, give us favor. And it's like, how are you going to pray that going to a Christian band competition? All those They're other, all praying the exact same thing. All band. those other people over there, your hand is off of those people. <laughs> yeah, just like, for this. And whoever prays the hardest, they win. Exactly. Yeah, and you better believe that's what... That's legit what I thought. I'm like, we have the most faith, though. Like, yeah, God's going to hear not, our prayers. Not that we have the best guitar player here or the best drummer. <laughs> yeah. We just have the most faith. As Correct. If, as if faith is like this quantity thing that God is like keeping a ledger on like how much everybody has. And right. they're going to add it all up and tally it. It has nothing to do with Will Sargent's <laughs> ability to absolutely shred, shred a guitar. guitar. <laughs> right, right. It well, has no. to do with me being like, all right, God. <laughs> bless them, but give us the victory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bless them. Well, yeah, bless them with the victory elsewhere. Yeah, you know that way. That, that was part of the prayer because I was like, yeah. I didn't want to seem selfish, right? So <laughs> they can win somewhere else. <laughs> Send them to a different competition. Yeah, yeah, maybe one where they can just beat out a bunch of sinners. All I'm yeah. saying is, we won. It worked. It reinforced. It worked. <laughs> well, you know I, that even that idea, like that he's blessing you with this amazing guitar player. A lot of people would say that his skills on the guitar or any instrument is the anointing. Yeah, that's what the anointing is. It's just being skilled at something. Correct. <laughs> Which uh, I, I'm not sure if that's how I would define it, but that's okay. Joe, that's what it is. Just being good at something. Correct. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because well, we're we're getting off base, but uh, anyway, yeah. So so being in that Marvel chat group has been a lot of fun. I'm finally seeing the new Spider-Man tonight. Oh, is that what? Shout you're out to, to Brandon over here because you and your wife are babysitting my ch- children sure for me. Am. So that my wife and I can go see Spider-Man three. We're excited. Very hyped for it. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really excited to see it. It's gonna be good stuff. You've got to watch it. I'll I'll watch and it. Do not, and do not leave the theater until the movie is over. Oh, I'm completely over. Completely over. All of the people who get up in the end credits scenes of Marvel. It's like you've either already come to see the movie and you just wanted to watch it again and you don't care about seeing the post credit scenes again. I even or, judge you. I even judge you when you do even that. Even then I tell McHale, I'm like, we're we're staying to watch it yeah. again. Do you want to be labeled? Do you want to be labeled by all the real yeah, MCU exactly. fans in I'm here? Like, you got to seem like you're on the inside. Because if I leave, people are like, huh, what an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen the movie 17 times. I'm like, look at this idiot leaving. He knows exactly what's credits. about to happen. And he has to use the restroom really, really bad. But Yeah, just pee beforehand. Because like, <laughs> usually, like, so like the Eternals, there's times you can go use the bathroom during the Eternals. Okay. It's a pretty good movie. You don't want to get up for. Uh, I spent half this movie like this. The so oh, I will really? say I will say I went to watch the Eternals with some friends, and when we went to watch the Eternals, 
one of the people that I was with, they got up <laughs> literally at the worst time in the entire film to go use the bathroom. And they come back, and me and the other guy are sitting there. It's like, you just missed the most important part of the film. <laughs> Everything that this film was building yeah. towards and will then build off yeah. of going forward. You missed forward. it. Yeah. You missed Yikes. it. And yeah, we can't explain it. Yeah. Not going to be an issue for me. Don't worry about that. Praise I, God. I, uh, I'm very committed when I go to a movie theater. Yeah. I'm kind of like how Brandon is at restaurants. Um, at a movie theater. Explain. Okay. Uh, Brandon at restaurants is, you're a little picky about how, about how everyone at the table acts at a restaurant. Yeah, 100%. You, want, you will not embarrass me at my favorite restaurant. You, you want to make sure, like, we're not asking too many questions about the menu. Correct. We are ready to order right when the waiter, waiter or waitress comes up. Yes. You want to make sure that, That's like, great. our payments are ready to go. No fiddling around with the wallet. Yeah. You have to eat. Right. One time I was eating sushi, and a piece of sushi just fell apart. Like, the whole sushi just, like, unraveled. And so it was just a pile of, like, rice and avocado on my plate. I've so never what do I do? I, I took a fork and I scooped it up and ate it with a fork. And he was furious. That Joey, I I'm getting mad thinking about it. it. It's not that I ate a sushi roll with a fork. I ate a pile of, of rice that fell apart with a fork. How else am I supposed that. to eat it? Pick it up with, with chopsticks? Joey, how do you think they, they eat it over in you know small villages in China currently that don't have we forks. Are in well, they probably Tennessee, don't sir. have sushi, there. <laughs> but they have small piles of rice. They do. My point is, Brandon's very picky when you go to a restaurant. You have to make sure that you're on your best behavior. That's how I am at movie theaters. I get insanely Praise embarrassed. God. Like I've taken people to my favorite pizza place here, and <laughs> so we actually went to uh, my favorite pizza joint with uh, Joey and Val one time, and Joey's wife was like, "Um, do they have ranch here?" And I was like. We will leave <laughs> if you ask that question to the waitress. Like, I don't even have to we tell the story. Leave. Like he could. Yeah. And she's like, "Well, I need ranch for my pizza." I was like, "Valerie, I swear to God, if you ask our waitress if they have ranch, we are leaving." Yeah. <laughs> no, Brandon, do you, hearing yourself say that, yeah. do you think anyone's going to be on your side about this? They're going to be like, "Wow, that sounds really ridiculous." There Brandon. are some people on our Patreon that I genuinely think will be like, "Brandon, he's got a point." Brandon's Brandon's a foodie, and yeah, that's a good way to put it. We. We actually connect about. Oh that. yeah, one hundred percent. Well, and then, well, in my defense, Valerie then got the pizza, ate it, was like, "Yeah, you're right. This doesn't need right." It doesn't. Like, it that sure that's, doesn't. It's the Praise best God. pizza I've ever tasted, and that's. But anyway, that's how I'm at theaters. If I hear people r- wrestling around with their popcorn or candy wrappers too much, I will stare at them daggers until they make eye contact. Right. The worst, so that they stop. <laughs> I wait. I will miss half of the movie staring at the stranger until they look at yes, me. Yes, I need them to know that I am not okay with this and that they have to stop. I paid $25 for this seat. Dude, yeah, <laughs> that's a real thing. Yeah. But uh, anyways, let's get into the episode proper. Yeah, let's do that. So, Pastor Cole. Yeah. Uh, deconstruction is a thing that is sweeping not just the nation, but the church uh-huh. internationally as a whole. Mm-hmm. First thoughts, just like initial, you hear like deconstruction. Where does your mind like immediately go to? Yeah, I, you know, in the beginning when I heard deconstruction, I didn't really have any. I didn't really have any initial thoughts because I was just like, hmm. I mean, what are they? What are the people who are deconstructing? What are they deconstructing from? Right. And greater than that, what are they clinging to? Right. Um, and so that was all my initial thoughts were. Oh, and, yeah. and, and then it was like, well, to see how this plays out. And then it got really, really popular. Yeah. And 
I didn't know in the beginning. I didn't. I really didn't give it any thought because some of the things that I was hearing, I was like, yeah, that's that's pretty common. Sure. <laughs> like yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't go through a phase of deconstruction. Right. Um. For some reason, and I can't really pinpoint this. I was like, you know, when I have a when someone presents to me a revelation about God that contradicts one that I already have, the the primary, I guess, measuring stick that I use is does this number one does it line up with the character of Jesus? Right. And then number two is I think about that and I search that out for myself. I pray into that. I do the things that normal Christians do, mm-hmm. especially if it's a, a revolutionary thought. Mm-hmm. And then I examine the fruit that it produces in my life. Right. Because sometimes, you know, you can be in the deconstruction movement. Like I've heard things like, well, we don't even need the Old Testament anymore. <laughs> well, well, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. We do. Thoughts like that. Yeah. It's like, well, that's probably not good. Um, but where does that lead to? So what you're saying is you've seen some takes that you would find a little too extreme Uh that you would want to put some, some kind of reins on. Yeah. Yeah. But you've also seen some takes that you thought were just kind of what you thought of as common sense. Yeah. 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 Um, there's definitely a mix of what you can get in this, in this deconstructing Uh world. I think one of the most important things that you can do if you are quote unquote deconstruction or deconstructing, um, number one is is that needs very clear definition. Yeah. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. That needs very clear definition. It's such a vague term. Like I'm deconstructing. It's like all right. What, what? does that mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I think one of the one of the things that I think that we don't do a good enough job. At, especially like as pastors, is we don't give people permission to do that. We really like anytime somebody would like have a different thought that opposes ours, we really like put the reins on that. Yeah. And I think that I think that's unhealthy. Yes. I also think deconstructing on an island, you have no community number one, to support you. Right. Yeah. And what that means is, is when people are deconstructing, is that they have probably experienced real pain and they need real answers. And what they currently know is not a good enough answer. Right. And when, and that's, I think that's good. Yeah. Um, because what they're searching for in that, I think people get this so wrong. What people think that they're searching for is to lose their faith in God. Yeah. Right. That's right. not what they're doing. What they're doing is, is they're saying, I want to see a part of God in the midst of my pain that speaks to this pain that I'm going through. Yeah. And that is a part of the devotional journey of that person. Yeah. And what happens is, is like, as sometimes as pastors, we say, we want you to, we want you to have a fiery devotional life, but we don't, 
there's like some guardrails that are put up and some things are out of bounds and yeah. some things are not. And I think it's all a part of it. Yeah. yeah. It's just like the progressive revelation of Israel. They got things wrong. Yeah. They got things wrong a lot. Um, I mean, they, they literally worshiped other gods. Yeah. yeah. They worshiped other gods. And it's like, so when, when God was trying to reveal himself in the midst of their pain, in the midst of all the things that they were going through, then do we like in this movement where people are like they're searching out their faith, they are hurting, they're in pain, do we just say, well, um, everything that you experienced is invalid? Because we don't do that with Israel. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We don't do that with we don't we don't say that everything that you went through is well, that's just not in the in the process or the journey. And all of Israel's, they got it wrong. Yeah. God kicked them out of the garden. Right. <laughs> right. God, the first people God kicked them out of the garden. And God raised up a family called Israel. Right. In Genesis chapter 12, he raises up a family through Abraham called Israel. They get it wrong again, and he kicks them out of the promised land. Right. And it's like, why does that happen? It's because they go through pain. And when they go through pain, they turn to all these different things. Things, And in the midst of that, we don't call those things, we don't say turning to those things is invalid. What we say to it is there is a better thing to turn to. Right. And I think in deconstruction in and people's critique of deconstruction mm-hmm. is you cannot discredit someone's pain. You can discredit whatever you want. You can discredit their beliefs if you want to. Sure. You can discredit the conclusions that they arrive to if you want to, but you cannot discredit their pain. And if you're not willing to 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 disciple these people through this, then I don't think you should be doing any discrediting at all. I yeah. completely agree. I think what's frustrating to me is that a lot of pastors that I've uh, that I've seen respond to this online, they don't have that kind of willingness to hear out with empathy, with an open mind, what someone's pain is or what they're going through or their, or their thought process. They just immediately get into damage control mm-hmm. because their immediate thought is, you know, essentially, if someone changes their beliefs on any sort of number of things, that is somehow... A, a, a compromise, attack, yeah, or it's a compromise of their faith, or it's an attack of, of me as a pastor and my church because I'm the one who led them to believe this way. And that's ego. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> yeah. their ego. They, they they don't want someone essentially thinking differently from them because they see that as a, a critique of themselves. Mm-hmm. So they get into damage control mode and and freak out. And what's interesting to me is that I see this both on the theological side of belief changing. Say somebody switches in beliefs from. A lot like uh, hell, mm-hmm. and then they switch thinking to, to a different way of viewing hell. Or I've also seen it with the political side. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of deconstruction is very political. A lot mm-hmm. of it is people realizing, especially in twenty 2020 twenty through twenty twenty two. Yes, exactly. A lot of it is people realizing that the American church has been completely hijacked by the religious right. Mm-hmm. And getting fed up with that. So people will just say, you know, I actually tend to feel more liberal. Mm -hmm. And then they think, well, I guess that means that I have to change a lot of my beliefs because Christianity is Republican Mm -hmm. because that's what they've been led to believe. Yeah. And and, and then pastors who maybe themselves are Republican freak out over the politics. It's just, why do you think pastors have such a hard time letting their church body be diverse in their thoughts and opinions and 
politically and theologically? Why is that such an issue to them? Well, I think one, um, pastors live in Babylon. Okay. And they live, and like, I know that's a pretty strong statement, like coming out of the gate (laughs) to respond to that. But it's like, no, like they really do live in Babylon. They think if their guy gets in office, right or left, that things are going to change. Right. And that's not going to change anything. Like, that's not going to cause people to see the image of God more clearly. Yeah. And, it, and, and my, like when you, when people try to talk to me about politics, I don't have many political views. Yeah. Because I genuinely, I have a friend who's a politician and I talk with him about um, politics and he's really the only person I talk to about politics because he's in politics. <laughs> Correct. And, and, um, one of the things that provoked me to even have conversations with him about politics where he says this, he's like, my mission as a politician is to heal human suffering as much as possible. And I said, that's the most kingdom thing I've ever heard a politician say. Yeah. And I was like, so I'll talk to you about politics. And he's also someone who writes policy. Yeah. And it's, and it's not just like, well, we think this way because of this, or these are biblical issues because of this. And it's right. like, it's like that can get dicey as well because it's like what you see as a biblical issue. Did you just interpret that scripture poorly? Right. Like, <laughs> right. right. And, and, and I don't mean that. I don't mean that to come off and say like the right's wrong and the left is wrong. I'm telling you, I think it's all wrong. Yeah. Like I think it's all wrong. And I, and I don't, when you say like deconstruction has become political, when someone says, well, how about we just love people? Right. (laughs) That's not a democratic belief. Right. Right. Like how about we just love our neighbor? How about we suffer with those who are suffering? Mm -hmm. Okay. I am that. Yeah. Right. Because Jesus is that. Right. Not because, not because, uh, the rights that way, the lefts that way, or some random independent parties that way. Right. Right. I, I am Jesus I, is quite literally that way. Jesus is that way. And if you read the gospels and you come away with, well, Jesus did not suffer with people, <laughs> I think you missed the entire point of who Jesus is. Yeah. Right. And then if you if you come away and you say Jesus did not love people, then you also have missed the entire point of who Jesus is. Right. Jesus right. quite literally broke the rules of the law in his love for people. Yeah. And you know, I think a lot of times we make it political because um, one of one of my mentors says this. He's like, we have to learn to gracefully play with different ideas. And I don't think that the church at large has learned to do that at all. You know, yeah. way it's very much more of I have it figured out. Yeah. And if you have a different idea, then you're wrong. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. and that and that could not be more hurtful to people like I, I I've had people who have they have real life experience mm-hmm. and they've went through real pain mm-hmm. that these people who say like oh I have it all figured out that those people have never faced right and it's like all right that's fine you know exactly what you believe until something happens that messes with that entire system of beliefs exactly. right and like a lot of times what happens is is that instead of saying I don't know if I can believe this because quite literally this is not true right we dig our heels in deeper and we just say like we say crazy stuff yeah like we say like crazy stuff like why well, does don't have enough faith for this 
It's right. like, well, it was never your faith anyway. Right. It was the faith of Jesus, right, that lives in you. And it's like, so is the faith of Jesus not enough to get you through whatever you're going through? They would never say that, they would but ne- they're also never going to change what they believe. Right. And it's like, so I have, I have, um, I'm, I used to be very quick to jump out and say, I know the way that this is, or yeah. I know that I'm right about this. And now I say in my age, I'm only 25. <laughs> it's not in my age. In my decade. In literally, in literally just like some life experience. Yeah. I realized that there's not a black and white answer to anything. Yeah. Right. And there are black and white answers to some things. Right. right. But like most things that cause people an extreme amount of pain. You can't just say, well, this is the reason why, brother. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. like, or or that's the reason why, and you didn't do this, so God mm-hmm. didn't do this, and you didn't do that, so yeah. God didn't do that. It's yeah. like, that's absurd. It's so conditional. That's, a, that's transactional. absurd. That's absurd. Yeah. Like, does God live within you? Right. Or, or do you still see God the way that they did in the Old Testament? Right. He comes and goes. Which is like quite literally what Jesus came like that's what Jesus came to address was how we view God. Like, yes. like that was his entire purpose of walking on earth for any longer than required to be crucified. Yeah. Like and and even even through the scriptures, right? Yeah. Even even in the Old Testament. Like people were like, "Well, what do you do with the Old Testament?" John chapter 5. John chapter 5 says, "The scriptures are here to testify of Jesus." Right. And it's yeah. like and it's like, "So what do you do with that?" Well, when you come away with it and you get something other than Jesus and his character and his nature, then you need to go back and read again. Yeah, something that frustrates me is like whenever people, especially people that view things in more of a dispensa- uh, dispensationalist view, is they're like, you know, God was this way in the Old Testament, and then Jesus came and was a certain way, and when he comes back, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be full of like justice Jesus. and violence. You know, <laughs> violence and vengeance because, yeah. you know, the Old Testament was the dispensation of the law, then the dispensation of grace, and now dispensation of justice. It's like, no. No. Like, that, that's not anywhere in the Bible. God like, didn't change at the fall of man. Humans no. did. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Like, God didn't eat the fruit and change his mentality. Yeah. Like, and, and God is never holding back any part of his, you know, nature. Where, right. Oh, well, in today he's more judgy but tomorrow he's he's more you know grace merciful and merciful like no he's always just 100% of, I of think all of his yeah. I think one of the things that we've done so poorly is in the charismatic evangelical church that's where I have been my entire life I love the charismatic church I love people who are evangelical. I don't agree with all of their doctrines and theology. Right. I don't agree. I love everyone and I I I don't agree with everything though. Sure. Um and I can even be in the same room with those people. I can preach at the same conferences with those people. I don't have to go in there and shout like you are so wrong for believing this. Right. I one of the one of the things that grates on my nerves probably more than anything in the deconstruction movement as a whole mm-hmm. is that we begin to speak of God in characteristics. Yeah. Right. We begin to speak of God in we begin to speak of God like God is love. 
but don't forget he's holy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's like, it's like I didn't thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, wait, I still are you sure? <laughs> uh, I still know that, and it's like that's just it's not it's not that that's so wrong. It's just so unhelpful. Yeah, it's like it's yes, God has characteristics about him, and we could dive into the characteristics of God. But that is not the way any of the early church fathers talked about God. Yeah. Not a single one of them viewed God through this lens of characteristics. They viewed him through the lens of Jesus. Right. And you can identify characteristics in Jesus. Of course. And you can, obviously, you can do that. But it's not this like competition of God being one way and another way. God is. Right. Mm-hmm. God is. Right. And it, like, it's to me, it's even less of characteristics don't characterize God. Right. God characterizes characteristics. Yes. Like, I know that doesn't make any sense when I say it out loud, but it's like, no, I get you. God, like, it's not that God is love. It's mm. love is God. Yeah. And so whenever we try to ascribe characteristics to God, like we're completely missing the point. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, yes, you can describe God as a loving father, mm-hmm. but love exists because it is in God. Yes. And so whenever we start ascribing characteristics to God, like, we are then almost putting them above God of like yeah. love is more important than God mm-hmm. yeah. or, you know, holiness is more important than God because God has to be holy. Right. God doesn't have to be anything. Mm-hmm. Holiness exists because God is like mm-hmm. love exists because mm-hmm. God is. And mm-hmm. so whenever we start like trying to put those characteristics in competition with one another, describing God, we're missing the whole point yeah. of those characteristics existing to begin with. And you, you know, something I think that's very important in people's, you can call it what you want. The church or or evangelicals at large have just named this quote unquote deconstruction. Right. Everyone goes through a time where they're unsure about something that they have believed about God. Yeah. And it, yes. And and if you say that you have never done that before, then you are brainwashed or a liar. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Or, or yeah. you're just. You've never really thought differently about what you what you've inherited or from your parents, and or, so it's not even like your own real beliefs. It's yeah. just you're holding on to what your parents or yeah. someone gave you. And 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 I believe that I believe like I believe generational legacy is so important. I believe leaving the right legacy, leaving the right view of God, is so important. Like to my kid. Yeah. Like I never want Beckham to grow up thinking God comes and goes. Right. And he comes and goes regardless of my or or, or he comes and goes dependent upon my actions today. Right. So one of the things uh I was reading this the other day, it's in Psalm chapter twenty four, I think it's verse six. It says it says, This is the generation that will seek God. They will seek his face. And obviously David is talking. Right. He's, he's not talking about today's generation. But he, he, sure? he says this, and it says, Dash, even Jacob. Mm. And it says, Salah. Mm. Like, this is the generation that will seek God. They will seek his face. Dash, even Jacob. Salah. What he was saying is, is that this is the generation that will seek God 
when they are in right standing with him and when they're on the run from him mm. and mm. when they're in the wrestling match with him right and when they're playing tricks and when they are when they are lying to themselves about their integrity and their character this is the generation that says you know what if i if i failed i'm going to show up to i know this is this is kind of cliche i'm going to show back up to my prayer closet right and i'm going to search this out within me about God. I always find it very funny. It's not, I, I shouldn't say that language because I don't mean to come off like snarky, but I always find it very moving when people who have walked away from the faith, mm-hmm. they come back. It always has to do with this encounter with the Lord, with them in the midst of their like, literally like their brokenness, their pain, yeah. their deception. They're they're thinking about God entirely wrong. They've said, I don't even want to serve God anymore. And it starts with, it always kind of happens, or or the stories that I've heard, it Mm -hmm. always kind of happens with like, I just remembered this scripture, Mm -hmm. or I decided to go to church, or I decided to go to um, wherever, and this conference, whatever. And in that... I was addicted to alcohol. I was addicted to drugs. Um, I was cheating on my spouse. I was doing whatever. But I was being Jacob. Right. And I knew that there was something down in me that says, I need to know more of God because he has to be better than I think that he is. Yeah. And they have that, they have that moment where God never left me. Right. In the midst of my deconstruction, in the midst of whatever, God never left me. Yeah. And it's like, I think we see it, especially evangelicals. Mm -hmm. If you deconstruct too far, then God's out of the equation. Yeah, right. Right. And it's like, that that does some things. Yeah, I hear you. Well, you know, when you said that uh, everyone goes through deconstruction at one point in their life or another, um, it, it got me thinking about, um, you know, I had this conversation with someone once who was asking me about mm-hmm. about my changing beliefs. And I was kind of explaining, you know, how I, I don't read the Bible as infallible or as literal mm-hmm. and how I was rethinking things like salvation and how that works. And you're just kind of going through the list of all these different things. Yeah. And... Uh, they respond to me by saying, you know, I haven't really thought about it that way because I just have childlike faith. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I just accepted it because I just have childlike faith, but you, you're more inquisitive and in thinking about it. So you've gone deeper and I, it just rubbed me the wrong way. Cause I was like, childlike faith. First of all, it's not a phrase that appears in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Never says that we should have childlike faith. That, that's just not a thing. And the second of all, if your faith really was childlike, you would be doing what I was doing, which was asking questions mm-hmm. because I have a three-year-old yeah. and she asks questions all the time. It's all she ever does. She's constantly asking questions and going deeper. If you tell her why something is the way it is, she'll want to know more of how that mm-hmm. works and why. Mm-hmm. Because childlike faith would mean that you have a faith that you are constantly trying to learn more about and go deeper and unravel not just well i just accept it as it is and i never think about it again that's not how yeah, children i don't know operate. that i've ever met a child that's like hey don't touch that okay yeah yeah, yeah. i'll there's never a, think about it again no a, we go we, we go deeper and that's all that deconstruction has been for me and i know for brandon too yeah it's just taking some issue take any random issue say hell and you say but why <laughs> and yeah. then you go deeper and, and you keep asking and, and when you do that you are not saying 
well, I have stopped believing in hell, <laughs> right? Or it's like, or that is correct. Yeah, I, I may have put it on pause for a minute, yeah. but yeah, you know, you're right. And, and, and really, and really, like what? And like, I've never had that moment. Like, I believe in hell. Um, I, Everybody I'm, at this table believes in hell. And and one of the things that I think is so um, imperative to do is to say. One of the books that changed my life was, um, it was written by N.T. Wright, and it was talking about, um, it was the New Testament in its world, mm-hmm. and there was another one called The Historical Jesus, because there was one point in my faith, I'm like, well, how do I know, like, how do I know that Jesus is who he says he is? Right. And that wasn't me saying, I don't believe in God anymore. <laughs> Right. Right, right. That wasn't me saying I don't believe in the Trinity anymore. That wasn't me saying like that was me saying how do I know? Yeah. Like how and and when people say um their faith is childlike because they just accept what it is. There was a study recently done um by I think it was Yale or so, an Ivy sure. an Ivy League school. And no, they're not infiltrated with with liberal thinking yes, or <laughs> yes, anything anything like that. <laughs> Um, these people are smart people. And so they begin to do this, they begin to do this study on creativity mm-hmm. and age. And they tracked these kids for over 40 years. And those longevity studies are wild. They're wild. And, um, one of the things that they saw was, is that every kid under the age of four is a creative genius <laughs> and they lose creativity as they grow because they're told those are questions that we don't ask. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's, um, you know, anyways, so no, that's good. I mean, yeah, yeah. Th- th- I can totally see that yeah. within and it, churches. And it's Absolutely. like, and it's like, I think sometimes we lose, we lose an aspect of our wonder yeah. in devotion to God that will only make us fall more in love in him with him when we have a right revelation. Yeah, because we are told yeah, those are questions we just don't ask. Yeah, yeah. we just don't yeah. talk about that. And, and, and we're handed our faith as as kids growing up evangelical. We're handed our faith basically with this idea that it's already been done for us. Mm-hmm. Like we've lived this faith out for you. Mm-hmm. We've we've had this Christian life already, and we've asked we've answered all the questions. We've asked all the necessary questions. Yeah, so, we have all the necessary answers. Right. Yeah. So just follow the script, and you'll be fine. Yeah. And if any deviation from that, well, we're going to say Stick that you're to the script. Yeah, you're a heretic now. It, and I think that we rob. There, there are very people. few people that in the world that I think are heretics. Well, good. I, I'm interested yeah. in knowing yeah. who you do think. Yeah. <laughs> but, but but what we do is we rob people of the ability to work this salvation out for mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. And as soon as they start to, we just get defensive. Mm-hmm. It, it's like I was saying earlier. We we get scared that someone might think differently than me. Mm-hmm. You know, it, rather than being eclectic, uh, just of all different forms of Christian yeah. faith, we're like, no, it's tribalistic. You have to be in my group, you mm-hmm. know? And I just, I guess deconstruction for me has just been accepting that other Christian thought might be valid yeah. Yeah. and it's okay to experience that. Let me tell, say- you, tell you something real quick that I, I, um, I so honor and appreciate about the, now I have things that I'm like anyone in the world 
when you throw out any sort of topic, they have things that they feel good about and things that they feel bad about. Right. I know mega church pastors who feel bad about mega churches. They didn't uh-huh. ask for a mega church. They didn't want to be the pastor at a mega church. And somehow that's what God has asked them to do. Right. One thing that I so appreciate about churches that are larger and that are mega church kinda mm-hmm. is is you hear on Sunday morning a very basic message. Yeah. But also the reason why it is so basic, I have had conversations with these pastors. Mm-hmm is it's because they're going to give you some things to chew on to go out in your own devotional life. But they have all sorts of people from all different backgrounds in their church on a Sunday morning, and they're not there to discuss meaningless doctrinal issues. Right. They're there, they're there to provide a place of worship and then preach a message that's Jesus-centered and they are, and, and, and you know, there are some mega churches that I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, you know, yeah. I'm just like, oh, yeah. but, but, but the friends that I have who are pastors at mega churches, the reason why they stay away from like meaningless doctrinal issues, mm-hmm. like, um, like the instance, it's like, well, what do you believe about the Trinity? Yeah. Right. We were talking yeah. about that earlier. Yeah. And it's like, yes, we believe in the Trinity. Right. I believe in the Trinity. But is that going to help the single mom mm-hmm. in my church who doesn't have any money? Right. Is is that is me breaking apart the Trinity, is that gonna help her in any way, shape, form, or fashion? Yeah. Or if I say God is with you in the midst of this, even though you may think he's not, he's here anyway. Yeah. And it's like I can discuss the Trinity or I can tell this single mom that or or this person who just lost everything in a in an actual physical storm, I can tell them that. Mm-hmm. Or we can discuss the doctrine of the Trinity, and yeah. I can be right, <laughs> or I can be like Jesus. Right. And it's like, I saw something the other day. Jesus did not call us to be right. He called us to bear his image. Yeah. And when discussing meaningless doctrinal issues, yeah. there are people who are so like, yeah. And it's like that's a and that's gotcha. a, and that's okay. You can be that way. Mm-hmm. But that should never that should never get in the way of you sitting down at a table with someone who is different than you or worshiping God with someone who is different than you that may have different beliefs about those doctrinal issues. Right. And who cares who's right about those? Yeah. Do you believe that Jesus is Lord? Do you believe that he was resurrected? Do you believe that? Do you believe that um, God is Father? Do you believe those things? Yes or no? Yes, yes. You know, great. Right. Worship Him together, and if you want to go argue about your doctrinal issues, go ar- do it behind closed yeah, doors. Yeah, <laughs> go argue somewhere else, but don't let that. If that affects your love for other people, you're missing the entire point. Yeah, I feel like that was Jesus's biggest complaint against the Pharisees. Like we talk about the Pharisees all the time, but so often Jesus is like, "Yeah, you're right." But uh, I'm going to sit here, like, you know, I bring up the woman caught in the act of adultery all the time. She's like, you are correct, okay? She was caught. Stoner. Fine. Whatever. Whoever sinned, whoever hasn't sinned can cast the first stone. I'm going to sit right here and hang out with her until you're done throwing stones Mm -hmm. because you are right. Mm -hmm. You are right. You know, Lord Jesus, what is the rule for divorce? 
you're right. Moses did say that you can do this. But what I'm telling you is God hates divorce. Mm -hmm. You are correct, Pharisees. You are right. But what I am telling you is to love people. Mm -hmm. And his biggest complaint was always that they were so set on being right. They missed the physical image of the invisible God right in front of them because they were so set on being right. They could not comprehend how loving he was. I I agree. And and so... What you're both saying, I, I think, is that these doctrinal issues, the Pharisees being right about this or you know, people being upset over doctrinal th- differences, you're saying that we should basically not care so much if someone might disagree on something like, say, the rapture, yep. and just keep the focus on you know, helping people in need. That's right? why, that's why the, the, literally the mission statement at our, at our church is we live to give people the life that they were made for encountering God and living in community. And because I believe that every Christian in the world needs two things. They need to encounter the real Jesus and they need a community of believers to live in to get to live with together and do God life together. I don't talk about the rapture much. I like I don't and it's not because For the record though, he doesn't Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I do not believe in a traditional view of the rapture that the church has that the church has taught that come from a girl's dream in the 1800s um, <laughs> right. and, and, and got vibe with that. <laughs> and, and, and that's not to say though, that there's people in our church that there's people in our church that believe in the rapture. Right. And they are fine with that being a non issue yeah. as it pertains to, well, and the, and, and something I want to make very clear for people who may watch and you may come to hope unlimited, or you may be thinking about coming to Hope Unlimited, the rapture and the second coming of Jesus are not the same thing. They are not. We (laughs) all believe in the second coming of Jesus. So when I say that I don't believe in a traditional view of the rapture... He does not think that we're all going to be sucked out of our clothes and fly up to heaven. That's... Yes, right. That's that's what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that the doctrinal issues Mm -hmm. that we so cling to... Yeah. They have kept people from going deeper absolutely in devotion with God as it pertains to their relationship with him absolutely right? and and what i'm saying is is like if someone has a question that may question this doctrinal issue mm-hmm. that may that may go against the <laughs> typical dogmatic belief of of evangelical church that is okay let mm-hmm. that person search that out inside of community so that they don't what Paul what Paul would say like they don't shipwreck their faith right right yeah. like that's important as well yeah and it's like those people can ask all the questions they want and what I've seen what I've I've seen this happen and this is so annoying people with no relationship <laughs> people with no relationship mm-hmm. they will they will say well they need talk to yeah <laughs> and it's like what do you mean by they need talk to you mean to go tell them that they're just wrong. Right. Or do you want me to let them maybe believe some things that I even disagree with on the way to falling more in love with Jesus? Right. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, most of the time, the things that people would say, those things are heretical, that person on that journey <laughs> weeds those things out because they are they are willing to say, I am wrong. Right. Yeah. And it's and I think I think that's that's important. Um, because people 
make a big deal over doctrinal issues. And if you have friends that want to discuss doctrinal issues, that is awesome. I have a group chat that I'm in, and we talked about doctrine all the time. Yeah. Every day there is a group chat. The thing about it is, is I know that that's not my, that's not why I'm put here on the planet. Right. I'm here on the planet to bear the image of God to every person that I come in contact with. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to call them into a deeper relationship with God. Mm-hmm. By going to them and saying everything that you believe about God is wrong. Right. I'm going to say because there's there are there are there's truth to some things, mm-hmm. and then there are some things that are true. And I'm not saying if someone gets way out there that you don't correct them if you're in relationship with them. Right. If you're in relationship with them, if you're not in relationship with them, then disciple them. Right. Or, for lack of better terms, just keep quiet about it. Yeah. Like, well, I, you know, I've had, this is the last thing that I'll say about this. I've, I've had people, I've had people come to me as a pastor, and they will say, well, what are you going to do about this? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't know what you want me to do about that. <laughs> and it's like, my question, and it, it was to, it was from a couple that um, used to attend our church mm-hmm. And uh, some people that actually used to attend our church is like, what are you going to do about this? And my response is, is what are you doing about this? Mm. Yeah. Because I have the right, because I have a relationship with them, to go to them right. and say, I don't believe this. But you're the one with the issue. Right. And so if you don't, if you want to disciple people and you want to question beliefs, then lace up your bootstraps, so to speak. And I hate that militant like thing, but yeah. it's like, it's just a thing that I say because I'm from Alabama. We say that when we say that we say that when we go to do anything. Lace up your bootstraps because you only wear boots. Like, tennis shoes do not exist. Right, right, right. And it's like, but lace up your bootstraps right. and get some skin in the game mm-hmm. and go disciple these people around more than just their doctrinal issues. Right. Yeah, You're yeah, saying yeah. that relationship is much more important than being right yes. on a doctrine. Yes. Now, I will say that these doctrinal issues are, they they do have some valid importance, though, because for a lot of people, they're very much the reasons why they start to question their faith mm-hmm. in the first place. People can be very hurt by things like the yeah. rapture mm-hmm. or or by bad views about God that might come from eternal conscious torment. Yep. So, so these doctrinal issues are important to them because it might affect the way they if you uh-huh. God, but your point is, you know, have a relationship and love them first. And I think one of the biggest issues too is, yes, like we need to address doctrinal issues, but the people that fight the most for them also could care less about loving people mm-hmm. in spite of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so it's like yeah. that. Like I feel like that that is what hurts people so much about them. Mm-hmm. Is yes, some of it is the doctrine, but a lot of it has to do with how their doctrine leads them to treat people. For sure. And speaking of which, how doctrine leads us to how, how we treat people, that is is exactly my thoughts about um, when we were talking earlier about the politics of deconstruction. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, uh, pastors who are kind of playing damage control in deconstruction, they try to write off this whole thing as like people are just wanting to be more liberal. You know, they just want to be more be Democrat. Cool. They're trying yeah. to be cool. They're trying to be a Democrat, you know, that kind of stuff. The thing that uh, bothers me about is that 
if I say Black Lives Matter, it's not because, well, I'm trying to be a Democrat now, so I'm going to just say that. It's because my view of God is that he is with the oppressed, he's with people who are suffering, and that he loves all of humanity. Absolutely. And so Black Lives Matter to Jesus, which is why I now say it. I don't say it because I'm a Democrat. Right. And so it's really annoying to me when pastors will say, oh, they're just trying to be Democrats. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like that's not why we fight for, like, women's rights or, Mm -hmm. or, or anything. It's because... We know that God is with people who are oppressed. Period. And exactly. And so that is the, the, the thing that all of our quote-unquote politics mm-hmm. is, is inspired by or, mm-hmm. or framed by. And one of the things that I always like, I, I push back against when pastors say like, well, they're just trying to be a Democrat. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, how do you know what a Democrat is? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, so do you, are you obsessed with Babylon? Mm-hmm. Like, are you obsessed with an inferior kingdom? Like, are you, are you that obsessed with an inferior kingdom that you think that your voting this year is going to change um, some stuff in policy and your vote? And it could. And, and I'm not saying, but what people have done is, is they have idolized Babylon. Yes. And they can't love people. They can't get in people's world enough and love them in the midst of their disagreement yeah, and say, if these people change, great. And we're talking about political views here. Right. Yeah, we're yeah. not talking, right. we're not talking about someone. We're not talking about like someone who is, who is having an affair on their spouse. If you're friends with someone who's having an affair on their spouse and you don't go and confront them about it, then you're not a good friend. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. like you're not playing into any, any part of their discipleship as well. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is like, you can't say, all of these people don't know what they're... I saw something the other day. It's like, all of these people, they just don't know what they're talking about. I'm like, you don't have a degree from anywhere. <laughs> right, and I'm, right. like, I'm like, literally, like, you don't have a degree from anywhere. And that's awful prideful for you to say, well, these people just don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Dude, dude I, I, I had people reach out to me who I went to Bible college with who were so concerned about me and my deconstruction, they were talk. They talked to me as if I had been cheating on my wife, and they were like confronting me about that sin. Joe That's is fine, level- everybody. <laughs> yeah, He's okay. You. That was the level with which what they talked to me about, and they were talking about it because I had. This was even before the TikTok, before the podcast. All I had done was gone on Facebook and criticized Donald Trump, mm-hmm. and that was their. Whole evidence. Joey, is your salvation okay? Yeah, my yeah. salvation was yeah, it was being questioned was because I criticized Trump. Mm-hmm. And I hit them back. I was like, the fact that me disagreeing politically is all you need to know about my salvation. Is everything wrong with your view of, of God and Christianity? Yeah. Because the- because I would even sit here and say, like, and you know this, right? You know this about me. Even Getting involved heavily in the political world, that's fine if you want to do that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's still inferior to the kingdom. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It's so st- the fact that they would put uh, 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 their politics like as equal with the kingdom of God, as equal with the, with Christianity and, and faith, there, where if you disagree with politics, it means you're disagreeing with faith like as a Jesus. connection to it. it it's 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 completely ridiculous and that is like i was saying earlier how we know that the christian right has hijacked our faith mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, Brandon and I have talked a lot about these like Trump prophets. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen some videos where these guys are like hugging the American flag. Yeah. It's idolatry. It, yeah. it absolutely is idolatry. And, and I, I love that, uh, we've been able to find a church that doesn't have that sort of yeah. idolatry. I told, I told somebody the other day, I saw like a picture and there, and, and I don't care if you have a, a flag in your church or yeah. whatever. I don't, I don't That's care if you do, you. do, do whatever you want, but like, I care. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, <laughs> I don't like Joey it. cares. I don't care. But it's like if you have a flag in your church and you want to vote a certain way or whatever, that's awesome. As long as you know all of that is inferior, all of that, that kingdom is going to bow. Yeah. The kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God and his Christ. Right. And, 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 and it's like the things that Jesus are coming to destroy (laughs) in his second coming is not people. Yeah. It is the kingdoms of this world. Yeah, it, it's, it is the political powers of this world. Yeah, yes, will all be destroyed so they can be submitted to the kingdom of heaven. The, Jesus is not coming yes. with a sword to chop all the Democrats' head off. <laughs> no, <laughs> good news for me. Because yeah. <laughs> no. I deconstructed just to be a Democrat. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm. I, I. I refuse. Like when people ask me, they're like, "Where do you stand politically?" I literally refuse to get in that conversation because yeah. I. It's so not on my radar. Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh, are you just burying your head in the sand? And it's like, no, I'm not doing that either. I know what's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm in a position to where if I've learned anything in six months of being a pastor, whatever you say mm-hmm. will be wrong. <laughs> whatever you say, sometimes whatever you wear, yeah. sometimes whatever you, whatever you decide to uh, if you if you go and you have breakfast with your kid on Saturday morning, somehow you have made some sort of like statement that has been <laughs> like, you know, it's this is twisted. Well, he went and ate at a chicken restaurant, so is he a fan of Colonel Sanders? And it's like <laughs> I it's saw like, so Cole drinking uh, juice at first watch, yeah. so he doesn't believe in the vaccine because he's holistic. Right, right, and it's like. <laughs> But I'm serious though, like, yeah, no, like crazy. And, and like even even <laughs> even me being on this podcast, people will say controversy. People will say people will people will have this opinion, and that's okay. They're entitled to their opinion, but I'm not on this podcast because I agree with everything that's even said on the podcast. Excuse right. me, I, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm sorry. This, this episode not, is over. Yeah. This meme. I'm not. I'm not on the pod. I'm not on the podcast because I. I say, well, I cling to that view, or I cling to this view, or I have this view that that I share with both Joey and Brandon, right. or whatever. I am on the podcast because I li- these two guys are a part of the community that I live in, and they are my friends. Dong. And 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 we we love each other inside of this community. And we have theological conversations. Yeah. And we have conversations about deconstructing. And we have conversations about faith. And we have conversations about the Trump prophets. And we have conversations. And, like, yeah. and all of that, though. And it's because, and I would never get into this publicly just because there can be so many, like, you think this or you think that. And it's like, you you probably will never know what I think about certain things. So, right. And, and until you know that you're in a, a room where no one's going to, like, freak out yeah. over disagreement. Right. You know? and, and, and if you think that I support the Trump prophets, <laughs> I want to be clear on this. I do not. No, of course right. not. I don't, I don't, I do not support anyone who takes God's word and reduces it down to 
this political like world that we live in. It's so much more powerful than that. Right. It's so much better than that. It doesn't like I think when we like we are prophesying we we get into the place where we prophesy our political preference. Yeah. And it's like that like that is wrong. Yeah. And you can vote for whoever you want to. I don't care who you vote for, right? You can vote for whoever you want to. But don't take don't attach attached thus saith the lord to it yeah that's not good that's yeah that's i mean it's incredibly manipulative it it is i mean what you're telling the people in your church and who listen to you is that i'm telling you who to vote for Mm -hmm. because if you don't you're going against god i'm telling you and if you come to our church and you come there in the in the height of the political season and and we just went through that Mm -hmm. i'm going to tell you you need to go seek god Mm -hmm. and you need to ask him who he would have you vote for and because that's what I do, and um, if he tells you to vote a certain way, vote that way. If he tells you not to vote, don't vote. If he tells you to vote a certain way, you should be obedient to that. Or you can you can do what some of my friends do, and they don't even get involved with it at all. Yeah, they're just like they're just <laughs> like I I I'm not registered to vote, and. I don't want to. We live in America. We have that right. I'm not saying that you should or shouldn't do that. So please right. don't say that Pastor Cole said <laughs> that that you shouldn't vote. That's not what I said. And I, I think it's it's just clear that it, it needs to stop being such an obsession yeah. for people. I mean, we, we act as if voting is like the greatest thing we can do for humanity. Because if you don't vote, then you don't care about the people who are struggling because of this and that policy. I mean, I understand wanting to vote because of a bad policy that's hurting people mm-hmm. and like you wanting to end that that was a big motivator for me it was like i i wanted certain policies to end mm-hmm. of course even with the new president they haven't ended mm-hmm. so there you go mm-hmm. <laughs> proof that <laughs> proof that <laughs> proof if, that this is a game if you're <laughs> yeah. trying to hold on to your vote as your like excuse for what you've done for humanity and like you've done something good you're missing it we need to be mm-hmm. doing more as a church mm-hmm. if there's something that you don't like or people being hurt or people who are struggling, you as a go do something about yeah, it. Yeah, we as do a it. church should should be raising money for them. Mm-hmm. Should be doing outreach, mm-hmm. not just okay. Well, we're going to vote and then great, go home. We're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right? There was a there was a lady that used to attend our church that um, I, I still have a ton of respect for. Um, she she would she would talk to me sometimes about things that were like hurting her, and then she would follow it up with, and this is what I'm doing about it. Yeah, more than just like, well, I'm just mad, you know. And, like, <laughs> yes. and it's so like, I'm yeah. vote. and it's like, it's like, no, no, no. They were like, well, you know, it hurts me to see homeless people in our city, so I go and take food to them. It's like, mm-hmm. praise God, yeah. Thank God that you're not just you're not just another person that thinks that if you get the right if you get the right mayor in yeah. in this city, yeah. there's not going to be any homeless people. Well, it, it's slacktivism, is right? What it is. Mm-hmm. It's just thinking that you can slack off and still hold this like position of authority over others because you've done something Mm -hmm. again i I do vote and i think that's important i Mm -hmm. i I do Mm -hmm. but i'm just saying we can't hold on to that as like our our get out of having to actually help people sort of card you know i watched a really interesting uh youtube video uh it's youtube premium so (laughs) 
Just a little flex there. I have YouTube premium. Brandon has YouTube premium, uh, <laughs> everyone. There's a mindset. You have to watch the ads. The five-second ad. I don't have to skip a single ad anymore. Yeah. And I look down on people when I like look on their YouTube accounts. They're like, oh, hold on. There's He's an ad. done like, this oh, to me. I've had to, I've had to rebuke him as his pastor. It's like, <laughs> you don't look down on me, boy. I'm just joking. That's totally joking. That's a joke. Yeah, that's a joke. Calm it's down. Joke. The rise and fall. God. And this is the rise and fall of yeah. Hope Unlimited. Jesus. With their Pastor that uh, <laughs> rebukes me over YouTube <laughs> premium. <laughs> You're wasting money. <laughs> you bring up slacktivism, but they had a video where they had like all this trash in a park, and like the whole point was they had these people come in. They're supposed to be like shooting a commercial, but there's trash in the park, and they were trying to see if people offered to help clean up the trash if they just sit around. And there's this guy who was like live streaming on his phone. He's like, what's up, guys? It's, you know, so-and-so. We're out here at this park. We're trying to film this commercial, but people trashed it. Make sure, you know, you do your part and clean up after <laughs> yourself. And, and like, he's like, I'm going to get out there in just a minute when I end this live stream. I'm going to go help pick up all this trash. Let's get this place cleaned up. Peace and love, you know, like <laughs> typical Woo! influencer yeah. feel. Yeah. Then proceeded to not do anything. Of course. Good. But, like, they were talking about, like, the psychologists were talking in his own mind, bringing attention to the problem was more than enough to satisfy like his need to help the issue. Mm -hmm. Like why would I go actively help when I can post a video on social media complaining about the problem? And it's like, that's what we find ourselves in is I could go help the homeless people, you know, on Mm -hmm. the side of the road, or I can just make a post on Facebook and say, Listen, guys, we got to get some policies passed mm-hmm. to help yeah. these homeless people because, you know, and there we got to get this taken and, care of. And, like, we got we got to do something for our city. Yeah. And, and there, this is what I did. And yeah. Posted. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I will say this. There are policies that can be written that helps people like that. Sure. So I'm not saying, like, that can't happen. All, I, all I'm saying is, is that nobody's faith should ever be tied to their opinions of a certain political candidate. Right. Or their lack of opinion of a of a political candidate, it should be t- their faith will be proved by the fruit of their life, right? And the fruit of their life is n- they fruit and opinions are two different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's I think it's very important that you know I'm coming full circle here. In the midst of deconstruction, you need a healthy community that doesn't let you swing the pendulum one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then if there are people in your community who are walking through deconstruction, just sit and listen to them, let them have questions, help them through the answers, especially if you have a relationship with them. If you don't and you want to help them, form a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And then on the back end of that, if you're a person who is, who is just so like dead set against the deconstruction movement, we can call it whatever we want. People right. have been cr- having questions about their faith for years. Yeah. And that's okay. It's all, I believe that God takes those questions and he uses those questions mm-hmm. to bring glory to himself yeah. and for you to see him rightly as God the Father. Yeah. And I think as far as, you know, the fresh perspective from deconstruction, none of, none of the little nuances that we got into do I say yes to or no to? And it's like, because I I am a person where it's like, I think you need a community to live in, to process 
all of this. This is what this is what the early church did. Yeah, when they had questions, they processed those in community. And deconstruction is not a it's not a tearing down like we have said. Mm-hmm. It's a reclaiming of what the early church fathers exactly taught and some of the things that we think about today in the church are not anything like the early church fathers taught. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's just saying we all it's saying is is like we actually have read someone other than the people who were in the Bible who walked with Jesus and who who lived in that time or or shortly after and they're actually saying this mm-hmm. versus this and this is good. This is beautiful and this is true. And we're now moving towards that direction. Right. It's it's a reclaiming of Christianity from some of mm-hmm. the toxic things that have uh, that have gotten in the way. Mm-hmm. Just even some things very historically recently, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's not about burning it all down, although sometimes we, I, we might want to do that. Mm-hmm. And by we, Joy means him. <laughs> and again, I'm always removing... Yeah. <laughs> The flamethrower or yeah. the matches or the lighter. Whatever it might be. But it, it's more about reclaiming the faith that, that we were told about but as, as kids but didn't always see. You know, yeah. We were told that the faith was about loving our neighbor, but sometimes what we saw was entirely different. Right. So it's really just going back to what we were promised mm-hmm. in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you for sharing your perspective on this, yeah. Pastor Cole. And, uh, I, and I do want to say this to people who are deconstructing. Like, if you're deconstructing out there, I would encourage you to keep asking questions mm-hmm. until you see the goodness of God, the beauty of God, and truth in those two things. We I took a class early in Bible college. It was called The Good, The True, and The Beautiful. And they made you process everything through that lens. I'm not saying throw away everything that you've been taught. What I am saying is, is like, get in a good community find a good local church, um, and just keep keep showing up even with your questions, mm-hmm. you know, following Jesus. And if you have walked away, like, I, I hate to hear that. I really do as a pastor that I hate to hear that. But, um, you know, I, I, I believe that, um, you know, you're going to find some answers even in your uh, wondering, C.S. Lewis. Yeah. C.S. Lewis. Not all who wonder are lost. Right. Yeah, no. Right. Um, I thought that was Tolkien that said that. Could be Tolkien. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's, it's yeah. Tolkien. Yeah. Quoted C.S. wrong. <laughs> but yeah, and 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 there, your pain is valid, even if we end up deconstructing and end up in different camps at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. The pain or the questioning that you went through is still very valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, again, thank you for, for uh, sharing your, your thoughts. You know, yeah. I, I think that it's nice. Uh, Brian and I, of course, both appreciate the idea that there are pastors out there who don't think that all deconstruction Christians are just heretics who've no. lost their mind. No. It's good to know that, that there are pastors out there who acknowledge that this is a very healthy process and mm. can be a beautiful process. Mm. Um, and that note about just look for the good, the beautiful, the true. If there are things that you were told about God that don't reflect God as beautiful... You're allowed to question that. Right. You're allowed to think differently about that. That's okay. Yeah. Um, so. And even as a pastor, like if you have questions and you're like, I just want to talk to a pastor who um, will listen, like you can, you can contact our church and I would love to talk with you. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's, I mean, you can get a hold of them and they'll shoot you my email or something and 
we can we can chat about it. Yeah, because we have here a pastor that if you were to say, you know, I'm questioning this and that and this and that, whatever, then he's not gonna freak out on you. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> going to hell. I'm yeah. not gonna slice your neck. I'm not gonna slice your head off with a sword. Yeah, because you know, like. one of the most beautiful things about our church, we were talking about this uh, at a worship team meeting one time, is almost no one at our church believes or thinks the same way. And and con- and contrary to popular belief, if you go to a church where everyone believes or thinks the same thing, they're saying that to make you happy. Yeah. Because they don't. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was talking to one of our keyboard players. He goes, the thing that I found the most beautiful when we started coming here is, like, I look around and I know the political and theological and ideological differences between so many of the people standing in this room right now. Mm-hmm. But we can all agree we just want to love Jesus and love people. And we want to oh, see yeah. and we want to see people encounter Jesus. Yeah. He's I'm, like, and everyone agrees on this one thing of Jesus is worth our worship and we want people to encounter him. And everyone can put aside their political differences, their theological differences to go after that one thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if your deconstruction looks differently than, than others, that's okay. Yeah. You know, that's perfectly yeah. okay. This is what I want to say on the last thing. Just because I'm on this podcast, just because I'm on this podcast, I support some of the stories that I've heard that have come from Joey and Brandon about people coming back and finding Jesus because of this podcast is one of the most healthy things about this show, period. I'm on here to help anyone do that. That's the reason why I've come here. They have they have an audience of people. Um, they have talked to me about being on before, and I think it's important that you know anybody um, watching that's deconstructing, that's walking through a tough time, just keep showing up. Um, you don't even have to agree with everything that they say. No. And because I don't agree with everything they say, and they know that. <laughs> yeah, I, we need to get into that one. But these days. Yeah, yeah, but but um, just keep showing up and keep seeking the Lord, and you know, uh, we praying that you have an encounter with Him and come back to serving Him in a in a passionate way. Yeah, yeah. And, and and one of these days we will have you back on for um, a uh, I deep dive episode oh, into Jesus. what we actually disagree about. Okay, you see, Pastor Cole over here is a Calvinist. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right. There are, the, I'm sorry, not, no, he's so, not. So there's there's two things that I've been called this week. One is Baptist, and the other one is Calvinist. There there are two things in this world that I am not. One of those is Baptist. One of those is Calvinist. Yeah. Shout out to all my Baptist friends. You're about uh, as far from a Calvinist as I can think. I mean, yeah, <laughs> ridiculous. Um, anyway, I'm anyways, sorry. We wanted to have Pastor Cole on this episode just so, like you said, you know, we do have an audience. A lot of people deconstructing and. A, a big thing that we've heard from people is they can't find churches. They can't find communities. And we just wanted to like have him on one to share his thoughts and two just kind of encourage you that not every pastor hates people who are deconstructing, you know, like there are level headed people that love Jesus that genuinely just want them to experience God. And pastor Cole is one of those people, close friend of both Joey and I's smart guy, great talker. Good, Fun good, good with with the words and he, talking. He do words good, <laughs> Jesus. And uh, that was dumb. Please cut that out. Yeah, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> but 
Anyways, <laughs> this is the end of the episode. Joey's been like giving me the side eye to wrap it up. <laughs> if this is your first time checking out All Things Reconsidered, we are so glad that you found us somehow. If you somehow made it all the way to the end, the end of this episode, you must have enjoyed something about it. So click the like button down below and share it with your friends. And if you want to talk to us sometime, you can join our Patreon for only $3. Patreon.com slash all things reconsidered. That gets you into our Discord, and we are donating a portion of what we've taken to different charities. We'll have more info on that pretty soon. Yes, very so, excited about so, it. So um, anyway. And if you want to write me a check for a couple hundred million dollars, that'd be great. We could use a new hey, building. There's, so. there's a classic pastor. <laughs> there it is. I'm out here for your money. <laughs> <laughs> but... Again, thank you so much for being here. If the button down there uh, that says subscribe is red, make it gray. And then click the bell icon next Hashtag to it. Hashtag make it gray. Hashtag make it gray. <laughs> Boom. All right. Thanks a lot, guys, for being with us. We'll see you all next week.